So I knew that I had some expiring stars coming up in my Starbucks app, and I didn't want to waste my stars. So I checked yesterday, and I had they expire today. So what I like to do whenever they have a deal or a special, or I'm not in the mood for coffee, or it's too late, and I have something like that happening, I'll just go get myself a venti blonde americano, and then I will uh, put it in the fridge, heat it up the next day, and have a really nice special treat. So that was my plan. But as I went to check out, I looked and saw it was going to cost me 150 stars to get this drink, and it was a $3.25 drink. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem fair because, you know, other people get all these big fancy drinks that cost four, five, six bucks, and, you know, I wanted to take advantage. So in my infinite wisdom and trying to make sure I got my money's worth out of my free stars from Starbucks last night, I ordered it on the app, and I added seven shots of espresso because... I was going to get my money's worth out of that Americano. And it turns out it was about five something. I was like, cool, there's my free drink. So I go pick it up. I hang out, read a comic, just chilling in Starbucks. And then, you know, obviously not drinking my drink because it was seven o'clock at night or whatever. And, you know, I was going to have a seven shot espresso Americano at seven o'clock at night. Bring it home, throw it in the fridge, wake up in the morning, start heating up my water to make my coffee. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got my Starbucks in there. And I was so excited because... I got to have my delicious blonde Americano. So I put it in the pot, I heat it up, and it was a lot of coffee, like a vente. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of coffee. But I was just like, whatever, I'm treating myself, and you know, I can have a cup or two of coffee. So I heat it up, I pour some into my uh, travel mug to take to work with me, and then I pour my other cup of coffee into my cup to sit and, you know, do breakfast with my daughter while she's eating and drink my coffee. And then, you know, there was some extra leftover. So I just kept sipping on my cup until like I used up all the stuff that was in the pan. And I had added some soy milk to it, you know, to like even it out and give it a little of my soy milky flavor. So I drank a regular size cup of coffee and put it all in there. And then I go to work with my travel cup of coffee and I'm sitting at work drinking, drinking, doing my work. And it's my first, well, kind of like my first real day alone because my boss wasn't there and my boss boss wasn't there. And I'm still learning, trying to figure out all these stuff. So I'm trying to like focus and do good. And then all of a sudden, I'm just feel myself ramping up. And I'm just sipping on my water, sipping on my coffee, trying to go back and forth, be healthy with my water. But I'm just like, oh, I'm starting to feel weird. And I'm just like almost probably three quarters of the way done with my espresso. And it tastes delicious like the blonde uh, espresso from Starbucks is really really good seven shots of it is amazingly good but when you forget that you had them had seven shots of espresso into your drink by about 842 you just start to like feel your eyes twitch and all of a sudden you're just kind of like what is going on and you're kind of like jumpy and skitterishy and then all of a sudden it dawns on you Oh, son of a motherless goat, I just drank in a vente Americano with seven shots of espresso in it, and this is going to suck, and it was a rough, and I'm trying to like concentrate and do my job well, and I'm just like, like vibrating. It was nuts. And on top of that, I had to pee like 37 times. So I'm trying to do my work, trying to do a good job, make sure I get everything done, make sure it's all good, blah, blah, blah. And I am peeing every seven seconds. Apparently seven shots of espresso will do that to you. So that's my funny start to the day. And Wally, geez, it hit me pretty hard. So I'm still kind of reeling and feel a little off in my tummy from it. But uh, yeah, so I guess if you're going to do that, moral of the story is 
remember you did that right on the side of the cup. Seven shots of espresso. Whew, it was kind of a rough day. And I had a job interview today at two o'clock and I was literally just like, I hope this wears off by two o'clock or else this is going to be a crazy interview. And it wore off enough that I wasn't nuts, but it was enough there that I was kind of like super social. So I either looked like I was on something or just like, wow, this guy's really social and personable because I'm an introvert by nature, but I was kind of talking a lot and I was engaging and interacting and having a nice time with the interviewer because, whew. So like I said, I don't know, I'm going to sleep tonight and it is like eight hours later. So yeah. Now we're going to take a hard right after that story and go into A Better Father. And welcome to episode 60 of A Better Father, where we talk about the things we've learned. So it this this is titled All the Things I've Learned and Ignored because apparently all the stuff you learn in this life, you learn in the hopes that when you need that information, it kicks in or is there or somehow registers or becomes helpful or whatever it is putting knowledge into your brain is for. But it seems like all the books I've read and the self-help books and the management books and all these things kind of like you hope to like put them in there in a way they become fallback thoughts or they just become a part of who you are. So you're making these thoughts and choices based off, you know, like, oh, this stuff is kind of sucked into my DNA and now I'm a better manager or better equipped to handle disputes or whatever it is because this I've absorbed this stuff. Sometimes I think it turns out to be more like taking a test in school where you just memorize it to get through that portion of it and then you never remember again when the war of 1812 was because it just goes away. So so the last three months or so have been kind of stuck in a foggy haze of fear. And fear, when it is controlling you, dominates like nobody's business because you can't see past that fear. And everything that comes in is going through that foggy stuff in front of you, fear, and by the time it gets to you, it's been filtered through the fear. And so you're reacting to fear, not the not the person, not the comment, not the situation even. You're responding to whatever that thing is outside that bubble of fear, getting through the fear, and now you're reacting to that. So everything is scarier. Everything has a bigger weight to it. Everything carries more everything to it because now it gets through you to fear, and that fear is controlling your reaction. And so for three months... From the time I got the divorce papers until a week and a half ago, I was being reactional through that fog. And I will say, without talking disparagingly about anybody, is one of my, the main cause of my fear was my lawyer. And I just wasn't feeling confident and secure in what was happening. And my dad, to his credit, was saying, all of these things about like, well, you don't have to worry about that because your lawyer is going to do that. And you don't have to worry about that because your lawyer is going to do that. And every time he's saying that, I'm thinking, I don't I don't know that my lawyer is. I don't feel like my lawyer is doing that. Or I'm not sure what you're saying is resonating. And I lived within that bubble of fear for three months. And again, I'm not going to go into all the details and this and that or whatever. But it got to a point where I went and talked to somebody, a different lawyer, and immediately felt a connection, immediately felt better. They gave me this packet of information that was like, here, this is the packet we have when, you know, somebody comes to us about going through a divorce and you can do what you will with it, you know, 
you have talked to us. I paid my retainer fee to talk to them. So it was worth it for me to go talk to these people for $250 to see where it goes or where this is all feeling or whatever it is. And so if nothing else, I was like, I just paid $250 to either feel like, okay, this is what it is or okay, I need to make a change. Turns out the feeling was I need to make a change and I switched lawyers and immediately, near immediately, the fog of fear lifted. I was stuck in a spot and I couldn't see my way out of it. Nothing felt good. Nothing felt right. Nothing felt like it was happening the way it should. And I just got stuck. And then everything that was happening in my personal life, that was happening at work, that was happening with my soon-to-be ex, was going through that filter, was coming to me as fear, and I was reacting to that fear. For the last week and a half, that fear has alleviated. The thing I like to preference anytime I talk to anybody about this is that I don't want any of this to be happening. I wish this wasn't happening. I wish this wasn't going down the way it went down. I wish the last six years hadn't been the way they were, blah, blah, blah. Given all of that, and given the fact that this is what it is and we are where we are, I feel so much better. And again, I don't feel better because we're going through this. I feel better given that I have to go through this, and now I've got somebody on my side. I've got a lawyer who cares. I have had more contact and email connections with this lawyer in a week and a half, not even, I think, a full week and a half than I did with my previous lawyer in three months. They have already called me and tried to set up appointments and got everything worked out and so we could get together. I was calling and begging my previous lawyer to come talk to me or wondering why things weren't getting sent to me or what was going on, why I wasn't being contacted or talked to or connected with. And now all of a sudden it's just like, oh my gosh, like this feels better. And again, wish it wasn't the way it was and I wish I didn't have to feel good about what I'm feeling good about, but given the situation, it is awesome. I will not reiterate that anymore because I have a bad habit of repeating myself. So point and the moral of that is when something doesn't feel right, when it doesn't feel good, if you can find a way out of that fog to make a correction or change, then do that because it can be hard. And trust me, I know I stuck in this thing where it just did not feel right or good for over three months, but I just kept thinking this is what I where we're at. This is what it is. I didn't go talk to anybody else every time I felt like I should. I finally did it, and now I have felt better for the last week and a half. My soon-to-be ex keeps trying to engage me or say stuff to me or comment on things, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. On Monday, we had a what could have been an argument, and she was trying to engage me in an argument, and I'm just like, why can't you be flexible? Why can't you just roll with it on this? Because, and again, I won't go into all the crazy details, but it was just something that had come up randomly. There was no anything set in concrete about what was happening. I was okay with doing it. She was not. And again, it could have been a fight in front of our daughter. It could have been me engaging. And I was just like, why can't you be flexible and roll with this? And then when I'm not getting angry or mad, it just kind of leaves her getting angry and mad at me while I just stand there. And I'm like, you can react the way you want to react, but this is where we're at. So I don't, you're on your own right now. I'm not engaging which are all things my, much to his credit, my dad has been saying. So, uh, yeah, anyway. So the way that kind of filters in to all of this or way it can apply outward is remembering this moment and taking this learn because I had the fear of going back to school, spending the money on school, going another $10,000 in debt to go to school. I'm 17 credits away from getting a bachelor's degree. Back in January, I looked at signing up for classes, well, maybe like April, for the summer, 
I saw that it was going to cost me another $10,000 to do this, and I fear froze. I couldn't register for classes. I shut it down and said, well, I guess I don't do school then because I was so petrified of looking this thing in the face, adding more debt into my life, especially at a point where I don't have a job or whatever to do. And I just kind of froze and got scared and flipped out. So I didn't do it. And that fear kept me from registering for classes for the summer, which may or may not have been a good thing given, you know, the turbulence of my life. But now I'm like, hacker high water. I am registered. I have two classes registered right now. I'm debating on whether or not to do three because, you know, I don't want to push it. But out of my 17 credits, right there are six of them. I could even do once I get used to this, once we get out of this, hopefully by the time next semester rolls around or close to it, I could do 11 credits or I could finish it off in the summer. So a year from now, I could have my bachelor's degree. Insane. And fear kept me from doing that because I could have had my bachelor's degree for sure by the December if I had done this differently. But again, I'm not going to focus on that or do that. But I, I let that fear control me and now I'm I'm taking control of it, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it or I'm just like sidestepping it because I'm not letting that fear dictate what is happening. And whether, however I do in school or whatever, at least I didn't let the fear control me. Same thing with getting a different lawyer. It didn't feel right. I wasn't connecting. I didn't feel good about it. And I just stuck with it. And then I made the change and I let go of that fear. And now the last two weeks of my life have not been great, again, given the situation, but everything that has happened or everything that has been done towards me or to me, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm in a better spot. So whatever. So yeah, um, that's kind of where all that rests. And I would say to do that. Another learning point of where why this is titled All the Things I've Learned and Ignored is I the argument that we had on, or the argument we could have had on Monday, obviously it affected me in a way that I wanted to talk to somebody about it. I wanted to get it out. I wanted to go over it with them. And I didn't let me react to her. I didn't let me react in front of my daughter. I didn't let the situation get out of hand in the moment, but I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And I went to call my dad and he was unavailable. And so I just drove to work, listened to a podcast, did whatever. And then I got to work and then I didn't get to talk to my dad on the way home because it just didn't work out. He was doing lunch or whatever. And so then a couple of days passed, and now this thing that happened on Monday that I wanted to just vent to him about, for lack of a better term, again, I wasn't like angry or anything, but I was just like, you need to hear this story, because oh. And by the time I did talk to him, I kind of told him about it, but I wasn't venting, I wasn't upset, I wasn't blah, blah, blah. I was just like, hey, this is what happened, and you know, this is kind of where I'm at now. And I had read long ago that, you know, if you have a problem, you have a situation, you have something upsetting or whatever, write it down, put it in a box at the end of the week. Go through everything you wrote down and put it in that box at the end of the week. Anything that is still upsetting you or disturbing you or affecting you, deal with that then. But don't react to it in the moment and wait and see at the end of the week. And you would be surprised by the end of the week how many of those things just don't matter anymore. How many of those things you're upset by that you just let go of. And I've read that before. I have understood the concept of that before. I may have even at some time practiced that a little bit, like early 2000s, mid-2000s, and then I ignored it, forgot it, didn't pay attention to it, let it go, and instead of, and while letting that go, I hung on to all the stuff that was making me upset in the moment, making me more upset, and one of the things, I may have said this before, so I apologize if I did, but it's able to be referenced now, is a few Sundays ago, ran into a situation with a soon-to-be ex. It was becoming an argument. I 
walked out of the house. I called my dad and I talked to him. I got him to calm me down, got myself focused instead of engaging in an argument or getting upset again. Nothing to do with the situation, nothing to do with the moment. It's this fear I was living with that was causing this reaction, but I was getting to a point where I understood my re- why my reaction was happening, so I did something about it. And so as my dad walks me through it, calms me down, he's like, let me ask you a question. Okay, what would have happened if you had had the argument? Well, I probably could have went bad. There could have been threats. There could have been screaming, could have woke up Charlotte, whatever. And he's like, okay, so you have that argument. Where do you end up? Either right where we were before the argument or worse off than before the argument. So would it have been worth it to have that argument? No, probably not. I would be feeling worse right now. I don't know what would be happening, who would be screaming at who, how it digressed, whatever happened, wherever things went in an argument. And I was just like, yeah, walking out and talking to you was the better option until I figured this out or got out of my own head. And had I allowed myself to engage in an argument with her, then I would have been just worse off or just screamed and yelled at each other and then been right where we were before anyway without a really a solution to this problem, just more upset. And again, nothing to do with the situation. It was just this fear that was controlling my reaction to something that I couldn't get my head to because it was going through the fear bubble. So I keep that in my head too. And as like the clarity comes in, I'm able to remember that. I remember to say like, okay, like she is coming at me right now. She is attacking me. She is trying to start an argument. What happens if we have this argument? We argue, most likely at that point in front of our daughter. And then we end up nowhere better, except we had an argument in front of our daughter and things probably would have been the way they were. So it just didn't even get there. And as I was not getting there, I was thinking, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. So why argue or fight? Like, just be good. Where you're at, be good. Whatever she is doing or saying or side doing or whatever, I can't control it. I can't do whatever. And so, yeah. So it's been a very good couple of weeks. Again, (laughs) good given the situation. That is not good, but within the context of that, it's been a good week, and I just wanted to share that and say that if you are dealing with something, a reminder for something you've probably heard before or learned before, or maybe not, I've read it in a self-help management book, whatever it was, and that if you're having something right now that is upsetting you and hurting you and you're just angry about it or hurt by it, write it down, put it in a box, set it somewhere, make a pile by your bed, keep it in your car, whatever you got to do, write it in a journal daily. These are all the things that upset me today. This is what upset me Tuesday, Wednesday. Look at it Friday, go through it and see what you still need to deal with. Because maybe the thing that upset you was a friend not paying you back $50 that you need, or maybe you don't really need the 50 bucks and you cannot be upset about it. Maybe he pays it back one day and you're like, get a lucky 50 bucks, whatever it is figuring that out then and then dealing with it then and most likely dealing with it more calmly because you're not in the moment of the heat of it. So if I had seen my fear about school back in March or April when I was signing up, walked away and then came back to it in a reasonable way, which I did, but months later, so I missed the summer semester, but doing it in a better, more responsible, cohesive way, I could have got into the summer semester because I'm going into the fall semester I just took me a month or two longer to get there. So, and actually some of the classes I want, I missed registering for because it took me a while to get there. So if I had just looked at that fear, thought it through and thought, what are the benefits of doing this? What are the non-benefits? Maybe I would have decided it's not worth the $10,000 to pay for 17 credits. And that would have been the choice I made 
reasonably and well thought out. Instead, I came to the conclusion that no, that's another $10,000 debt I'm taking on right now at a point where I don't have money and I'm working a part-time job. But at the end of that, I need to make it through the next year and then I will have my degree and then I can do what's next, whatever that it is, most likely getting my teaching degree. And I would have held myself back even more because everything was filtered through that fear bubble. So don't let the fear bubble control you and don't let whatever's happening outside that fear bubble get filtered in through that fear bubble and then become a monster in your face that you now feel you have to attack or defend yourself from. So it's been a good couple of weeks and I wanted to share that and be a little more positive about everything. And uh, yeah, I'm not jacked up on seven espresso shots right now because I'm an idiot. Anyway, so that will be it for today. I apologize. This is a couple days late. It's the situation I'm in with a ex that is now just locking herself in a room and not giving me the time. She used to just take off and leave all the time and she's not doing that as much anymore for whatever reason. Um, so I uh, have had more time or I've had less time to figure out when to do this, but she took our daughter to go do something and yeah. So I had time to do this, and I apologize that it's late. I will try to figure out a time between now and next Tuesday to get this up on time because I like the consistency of it. And I would also like to say I enjoy doing this podcast. I'm glad I'm putting it out there. I'm going to continue to create it. I'm going to continue to work on it. I'm going to continue to refine it, and I'm going to continue to try to improve the way I speak during it because I want it to grow. All right. Thank you very much for listening to A Better Father. Goodbye.